Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Family Wealth and Other Musings. I am your host, Becky Easton, and today is September 25th, if you can believe it. We are almost in October, and that blows my mind, guys. I'm not prepared for um, Christmas to be around the corner. And I don't mean to be one of those people who hops right over spooky season into Christmas season. Um, I do love spooky season. I'm looking forward to celebrating with cooler temperatures and uh, some hocus pocus. (laughs) Um, And I don't think I've yet had a pumpkin spice latte. Um, No... No, I don't think I have yet. So, you know, I mean, fall's not over yet. (laughs) There's still time. Well, anyway, today I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about um, three questions that I regularly get um, from clients. And uh, even if I was only getting it from one client, I know that that means that one of you or more uh, have the same question. And so I wanted to share some thoughts on um, each of these three questions. First, how can I determine how much life insurance I should have? Can I leave my 401k to my minor children when I die? And do I need to create a new will if I move to another state? And now remember, as always guys, this is meant as general educational advice for you. This is not um, specific legal advice. Um, I don't know your specific um, situation um, or your family dynamics or anything. So be sure that if um, this is perking your ears up as something you need to um, you need to discuss with someone, then I highly encourage that you head over and find a personal family lawyer near you by going to personalfamilylawyer.com. So first question, it's about how can I determine how much life insurance I should have? And when you're thinking about purchasing life insurance, you wanna make sure that you have enough term life insurance to cover the expenses that your dependents will require until they're no longer dependents, or until you're certain that you have enough money saved up to cover their needs. And if you have children with special needs or a non-working spouse, they'll require a longer period of care compared to a family with two incomes and children who will achieve independence in their late 20s or early 30s. So that's another thing to keep in mind. And if you plan on staying in your business well beyond the typical retirement age, if you are an absolutely indispensable part of your company's success, or if you'll have estate taxes to cover upon your death, you should also consider getting permanent life insurance. And then you wanna ensure you're obtaining enough permanent coverage to fulfill those obligations. And that is one of those things that a personal family lawyer can help you evaluate. Um, When looking at your assets, liabilities, and family situation, what is the full Um, the full plan that is going to protect you and your family. And one other thing that um, I think a lot of people don't consider is if you have a stay-at-home partner and something were to happen to them, I find that often 
the stay-at-home partner appears to be to have just a small policy on them because you know they're figuring that if anything happens to the the worker uh, of the house, the breadwinner, uh, that you know they have a big policy on them because we're going to have to figure figure things out, and suddenly we've lost the household's income. But um, conversely, thinking about losing all of what the stay-at-home does, losing all that capacity and having to hire out for um, assistance, raising kids, um, figuring out, you know, meals and errand runnings and all of that um, as well is going to cost a fair amount of money. And I think that is something that a lot of people um, fail to think about, um, that there will actually be some significant, um, significant expenses if the stay-at-home um, spouse were to pass first. So the second question is about your 401k. Can I just leave it to my minor children when I die? And, you know, you're technically allowed to name a minor child as the beneficiary of your 401k, IRA, or other employment-sponsored retirement account. You've actually probably done this if you had kids the last time you were naming beneficiaries. You probably, if you were married, named your spouse and then your kids as a backup. And it's just never really a good idea. Minor children can't inherit the account until they reach the age of majority, which in some states can actually be as old as 21. And if a minor is listed as the beneficiary, upon your death, your retirement account will be distributed to a court-appointed custodian who will be in charge of managing the funds, often for a fee, until the age of majority. And if you want your children to inherit your retirement account, it might be a better idea to look into setting up a trust to receive those assets instead. You can then name a trustee to manage the account until your child comes of age. And by doing so, you get to choose not only who would manage your child's money, but within the trust's terms, you can also stipulate how and when the account's funds should be distributed and used. And that can help them from being lost or squandered. And the third question that I frequently get is whether you need to create an entirely new will and estate plan if you move to another state. Well, the fact is, is that most states will accept a will that was executed properly under another state's laws. However, there can be differences in the new state's laws that would make certain provisions in your will invalid. And so there are a couple things that you want to review in your will when you're moving. First up is your executor. You want to consider whether or not the executor you've chosen will be able to actually serve in that role in your new location. Every state will allow an out-of-state executor to serve, but some states have special requirements for executors, such as requiring them to post a bond. And other states require the non-resident executors to appoint an agent who lives within the state to accept legal documents on behalf of the estate. And then there's marital property. If you're married, you want to consider how your new state treats marital property. And while a common law state might treat property you own in your name alone as yours, community property states treat all of your property as owned jointly with your spouse. 
If your new state treats marital property differently, you might need to draft a new will to ensure that your wishes are honored. And if you're moving to a new state, reach out to a personal family lawyer near you. We're in almost every state now, and so it's easy to reach out to someone licensed in your state and discuss having your will and other estate planning documents reviewed. Again, that benefit of working with a personal family lawyer is that we don't just draft documents. We ensure you make informed and empowered decisions about life and death for yourself and the people you love. And that's why we offer a family wealth planning session. And the point of that meeting is to get you more financially organized than you've ever been before and make all the best choices for the people you love. And you can begin by reaching out to a personal family lawyer near you. Again, you can get there by going to personalfamilylawyer.com. Or if you're in Arizona and Colorado and feel that this is something you'd like to further discuss with me, then I encourage you to reach out and schedule some time on my calendar. You can call my front desk at 480-999-4455. Again, this has been an episode of Family Wealth and Other Musings. I am your host, Becky Easton. And I'm again so grateful that you joined me for another day. I will talk to you tomorrow where we will be um, doing another um, kind of thought exercise on um, one of those legacy questions that I know I've mentioned before. So um, we'll be reading that question and inviting you just to think for two minutes with me and then potentially continue that on um, again afterwards. So I look forward to you joining me again tomorrow and I will talk to you then. Have a great day.